0: everybody who's listening in. Uh, I also want to thank those who visit our site, citedmoon.com. And uh, I have chosen for my first teaching as Passover is only a couple of weeks away to do a teaching about leaven. I found that as I was doing this study that it was not only insightful for myself, but I find that when I dig into the scriptures and I actually have to study something through it usually opens up something within me and forces me to learn something a little bit deeper and closer to home. So, let's get started. Uh, Let's first look at 1 Corinthians 5, 6 and 8. Your boasting is not good. Do you not know that a little leaven leavens the whole lump? Cleanse out the leaven that you may be a new lump. And as you really are unleavened, For Messiah, our Passover Lamb, has been sacrificed. Let us therefore celebrate the festival, not with the old leaven, the leaven of malice and evil, but with the unleavened bread of sincerity and truth. So what is leaven that is spoken about here? Most people would say that if they are familiar with this term, they would probably say that it's sin. And To be honest, for many years I thought the same way, because I did not take the time to search this out and prove it to myself. At least... Not as much as I have now. So let's carry on. I believe now that sin is a result of leaven, but Scripture does not tell us that sin is leaven. Uh, it's another dimension of leaven. So let's turn to Matthew 16, to 12. And it reads, And the Pharisees and the Sadducees came, and to test him, and asked him to show them a sign from heaven. And he answered them, Whenever it is evening, you say, It will be fair weather, for the sky is red. And in the morning it will be a stormy day, for the sky is red and threatening. You know how to interpret the appearance of the sky, but you cannot interpret the signs of the times. An evil and adulterous generation seeks for a sign, but no sign will be given to it except the sign of Jonah. So he left them and departed. When the disciples reached the other side, they had forgotten to bring any bread. Messiah said to them, watch and beware of the leaven of the sadducees and the pharisees they began discussing it amongst themselves saying we brought no bread but messiah aware of this said o ye of little faith why are you discussing amongst yourself the fact that you have no bread do you not perceive do you not remember the five loaves and the five thousand and how many baskets you gathered or the seven loaves and the four thousand And how many baskets you gathered how is it that you fail to understand that i did not speak about bread beware of the leaven of the pharisees and the sadducees then they understood that he did not tell them to beware of the leaven of the bread but of the teachings of the pharisees and the sadducees here we have a bit of a hint that's showing us that it's not specifically again talking about sin uh, but there's something more to do with the Pharisees and Sadducees and their teachings. So it is about these that the Messiah did not like. Let's look at twelve one for a better idea of what is being discussed here. And it reads In the meantime, when so many thousands of people had gathered together and they were trampling one another, he began to say to his disciples first, Beware of the leaven of the Pharisees, which is hypocrisy. Nothing is covered up that will be revealed. Or hidden that will not be known. We already have many Torah commandments that teach us what sin is and the more we study the Torah the more that we're reminded not to sin and break the commandments. But here Yeshua is talking about the distinction of those who walk in the illusion of keeping Torah and submission to the Almighty but inside or that's hidden from everyone else because they are being hypocrites to the truth. The truth, they were not walking that they wanted everybody in the world to believe. In other words, they were just putting on a good show, but in the end, they were basically dried up, dead. Now let's look at Matthew 23 for a more detailed explanation of what Messiah and Paul are talking about. And that it is not sin, even though there is sin involved, but the leaven is something more. As I mentioned before, there's hypocrisy involved in this, and let's go into this and try to discern what it is that's the hypocrisy that yeshua is talking to us about and remember these are the things that we need to be aware of within ourselves that we are doing it may not be just the pharisees but as an example everything in Torah is there for a reason so messiah is going to break this down and he's going to show us seven times in his scripture right here in this one chapter the seven areas of hypocrisy that he won't accept so in Matthew 23 13 it says but woe unto you scribes and pharisees hypocrites and it says the same thing in verse 14 15 23 25 27 and 29 and I want to cover each one of these verses I want to go into it I want to look at it and examine it and when we see it, hopefully, somewhere inside of you, I'm hoping that none of you have any of these issues, but I doubt that's going to be the case. I know that even in my own life, if I look at these things, it certainly makes me think a lot more about my life and my walk. And that's the important part about Torah is what it is as a reminder, reminder for us that we always have to be on guard, not to become complacent or lazy but always focusing in on improving and becoming better. So let's look at the first one and try and get a better understanding. Matthew 23:13. But one to you, scribes and Pharisees, hypocrites, for you shut up the kingdom of heaven against men, for you neither go in yourselves, neither suffer you them that are entering to go in. In other words, they taught about God, but they did not love God they did not enter the kingdom of heaven themselves nor did they let anyone others enter so what are they talking about here i mean it's it's one thing to turn around and say that they didn't let anybody else enter but i mean that's i don't think they're talking about in a physical aspect from that's from physically stopping somebody again there's there's two realms there's physical and there's spiritual so what are we looking at here if you understand um judaism or the the studies of the rabbis one of the biggest things in order to become a rabbi is that you have to memorize the, the torah which in their case is the entire old testament but you also have to memorize talmud and talmud is basically centuries of oral commandments that have been added to and added to and added to which are commentaries on the the torah if you don't follow all of the additional laws on top of the existing laws that are already within the torah then they say that you don't qualify and you don't get into the kingdom and i think this is the big issue that they're talking about but paul mentions something along these lines when when he makes this quote and I, and i'm just quoting it but he says the law itself does not obligate the almighty to let you in he wasn't talking in this case about when he says the law, which is another word for Torah, he's not talking about the Torah itself. He's talking about all the additional oral commandments in the Talmud. And this is one of the big issues that we have today, is there's a huge misunderstanding within the church in understanding Paul when they say that Paul says, no, the Torah is done away with, or the law is done away with. He's not talking in any cases about the Torah itself. He's only talking about all the added commandments that the rabbis and the Pharisees and the Sadducees at that time had added to the Torah. It says that we cannot add or take away from the Torah. If we do, we're in, we can't change Yahweh's law. And that's what they're trying to do. They're trying to add to it to make it better and protect it. Unfortunately, what they do is they, they make it impossible for anybody to keep. And this is what they're talking about here. Neither suffer you them that are entering to go in. They're stopping people from going in by making it impossible for anybody to make it. It's just not possible. And they say they're the only ones that are qualified. One of the other aspects of this um, issue that we're going to run into, and I can hear it, I've heard it, Over my 30 plus years of, of serving Yahweh, I've heard this. I, I, I think I probably even said it at one point is that we are not, when Paul says we are not saved by works. Okay. So the, the problem is then is that again, it's a misunderstanding of something that is written in scripture. You see, the, the fact of the matter is, is that by following Torah and by studying Torah, there are two stages of learning there's knowledge and then there's wisdom and it's not the same thing. Knowledge is what we learn. Uh, So if I turned around and said, okay, I met a new guy and his name is John. Well, that's knowledge. But just because I know John's name, I don't know John. Okay. So here's in in this situation, if you turn around and you read the Bible, That means you have knowledge of the Bible, but it doesn't mean you have wisdom of the Bible. And so what happens here is that we when we study the Torah, we have to take in all of Yahweh's Torah and try to understand it in our mind. But if it never goes any further than that, which is what Yeshua is talking about with the Pharisees and Sadducees is that they taught it, and it was only in their head. But it never went to their heart where it became wisdom, and experience, and love, and joy, and meekness, and and faith, and long-suffering. These are the things, this is what Torah can do, and is supposed to do, for each and every one of us. So most people will turn around and say, okay, well, you know, we're not saved by works. But that solution is actually... This is such a a uh cliche and obviously people who who spew that out of their mouth are basically so ignorant because they don't understand the simple concept that if you learn something like Torah and the commandments and you bring it down into your heart, it's going to start changing you. This is why they tell you to meditate upon the heart, uh, meditate upon Torah all day and long. Because those people who meditate upon it, then when they are going through their daily lives, when they make a decision, it becomes an automatic process that they run it through the Torah filter. And that Torah filter means that the process has gone to their heart, and they are now going, okay, I want to have something to eat for lunch. Oh, wait a second, Torah says that I can't have this and this and this. Okay, so there you go. They run it through the process, and here's where the truth comes out. Everybody has a choice to agree or disagree or obey or disobey. So you can say, okay, well, I remember something about the Taurus is that I can't eat pork, but you know what? I really want to have pork chops for lunch, so I'm going to have it, or bacon on my hamburger or something along that lines. If you do it, it's just knowledge in your head. If you don't do it and you gain, no, I'm going to be obedient and I'm not going to have that pork because the Torah says that I'm not supposed to eat it, you have gained wisdom. You gain wisdom at many levels. Not only is it better for your health, but it's also because you choose to follow Torah. You choose to follow Yahweh and what he has asked of us to do. See, Yahweh tells us things that we're supposed to do. And he's not under any obligation to tell us why. Nowhere. And the entire Bible doesn't say that we have to understand why we're supposed to do things. We're just supposed to do them. This is what faith is all about. So getting back to Paul, if Paul says we're not saved by works, he's correct. We're not saved by works. So my performing all of these acts of obedience because the Torah says don't do this or keep the Sabbath on the Saturday instead of on Sunday or don't keep Christmas and don't keep Easter and keep, you know, Sukkot and pay Passover and and Shavuot and stuff like that. I'm not doing it just simply because he tells me to do it. I'm doing it because I want to be obedient to him. So my doing that is not works. It's only works If you're doing it to impress others, if you're doing it because you're being obedient, then basically it's not works anymore because it's a labor of love. That's the difference. When you turn around and you learn something and then you make it part of who you are, it becomes a manifestation of your faith and it no longer becomes works, even though technically it still is. You need to understand that to get past that speed bump that I've heard so many people use as an excuse to ignore the truth, as a, as an excuse to get around. When we can do that, we're going to end up walking a lot closer to Yahweh. Uh, so again, the transformation, the proof that uh, using the Torah learning the torah gaining that knowledge and turning it into wisdom will manifest itself in a certain way in that manifestation we can see if we look at galatians 5:22 and 23 which is a very popular scripture in, in churches is that by the fruit of spirit of the spirit is love joy peace long-suffering gentleness goodness faith meekness and temperance these are the fruits of the spirit or what you have learned and how you apply the Torah commandments. There's nothing here about earning your way through works or salvation that is dependent on it. More proof of this is thrown to us in Deuteronomy 8.2, where we see that the Almighty tells us that he takes us through the wilderness. All the children of Israel came out of Egypt and they were put in the wilderness. Why? Because he wanted to test them. He wanted to humble them he wanted to see their true heart there's nothing harder for us but more valid a test for anyone is to see how you will react how you will respond see how you treat others when you're under pressure that's the true test of where your heart is without the testing it's just words it's just knowledge it doesn't mean anything which is what is being addressed here by yeshua when he addresses the pharisees and sadducees so let's move on number 2 matthew 23:14 woe unto you scribes and pharisees hypocrites for you devour widows houses and for the pretense make a long prayer therefore you shall receive a greater damnation this one yeah it's not really difficult but let's let's go into it a little bit here what we have here what's really being spoken is is more along the lines of those mysteries and honestly i i struggle to keep my composure when i see this happening but it's about those ministries who take money from people who can't afford it you know if somebody willingly if Came up to me and said, Here, I want to give you some money, but I knew for a fact that they have no money to give or what they're given is everything that they got. I couldn't, I couldn't take it. The fact of the matter is, and then to turn around and to say, Oh, uh, God bless you and, and may you, you know, have a thousand blessings and all this other kind of stuff. And, and this is what he was talking about here. You know, where is your, your love for these people? Where is your, your, your faith and your goodness and gentleness over these people? To make somebody go homeless or to make somebody take, go hungry because they, you, you want them to support you because you've got something so fantastic to, to, uh, tell them that it's going to change their lives. And then to get up in front of them and pray over them like you're some almighty uh, wow, you know, that just, I can't even watch that stuff on TV because it just drives me nuts. Um, but this is exactly what Yeshua is talking about here. He said uh, they're, they're looking at it as a business. So people who can't really afford to make it into business and then covering it up with some heartless act of a long-winded prayer that pulls all the focus back on them, making them look like they're some righteous person that's not acceptable. Honestly, that's just not what Yahweh is talking about. That is so hypocritical, and and Yahweh just won't have anything to do with it. So, all right, let's go on to uh, Matthew 23 15. Woe unto you, scribes and pharisees, hypocrites! For you travel across sea and land to make a single convert, and when he becomes a convert, you make him twice as much a child of hell as yourself. Well, wow. There's a lot there. What are we talking about again? Let's go into it. I've seen this uh, physically on multiple continents around the world. And there will be people who will travel all over. Um who will literally go all over the globe to try and bring more people to Jesus. What he's talking about here is that the people who seek converts only to put them under their thumb and say, you have to do things this way. You have to do things uh, uh, according to the way that I teach you. And what was happening in Yeshua's time is that the Pharisees were were finding people to convert into Judaism, I guess, at that time, uh, making them turn around and study the Torah and the Talmud and everything else. But the reality is, is that <laughs> it was all a lie. It was already false teachings, teaching them that if they didn't study these things, then they would go to hell. But they were already lost in the first place. The Pharisees are already going to hell because they weren't teaching the truth. So, if you don't teach the truth of the Torah and you say that, you know, if you don't do this, you're going to hell, uh you're no closer to the kingdom. And that's what was happening here, and that's what's being talked about. These people were being taught lies, and they were being put under, okay, you have to follow exactly what we say, instead of saying you've got to follow what the Torah teaches, and then you got to be obedient to us and tithe to us and all these other things when really is here let's follow Torah let's what does Messiah say about this what does Messiah say about that what does Yahweh expect of us one of the other phrases Oh, you know we want you to come into our church we want you to become a member we'll love you you can be part of our groups you can do this you can do that you tithe to us you support us Um but you don't have to do you know, the Old Testament's done away with. Start reading in the book of John. The other stuff is all done away with. It's just a lie. We don't have to do any of that anymore. All of that leads to death. It's almost as if they teach that you can have salvation without any consequences, because you don't have to eat kosher. You don't have to keep Torah. You don't have to keep the feasts or the sabbath, sabbatical years. I mean, what else is there? Take away all these things And you got commentary, explanations on how to do it, when it was done, where it was done. But it's not the actual instructions on what is to be done. And this is what Yeshua was talking to the Pharisees about. You know, you go all over, you teach them all these other lies, you put them in restraints, basically, and saying you have to do things exactly like this, otherwise you're going to hell, when reality is it's not even the truth to start with we got to be careful of that, because even myself am responsible to whoever listens to this teaching. And it's taken me a long time to get to this point where I can teach. I've done it before, and I'm always conscientious about what I teach, because I want people to turn around and to take this material, and I want you to go back and I read it yourself and study it and pray about it it has to become come from Torah, it has to come from Yahweh, it cannot come from me. It's, it's, it's so dangerous if we're not careful. Uh, okay, so. All right, I got one more to go um, for today. Now, I think this is what number four, one, two, three, four so we're going to do 23 we're going to do 24 so let's do matthew 23 23 and 24. all right and this will be it for this session and then i will continue on with the rest of them and and finish them up next session so woe unto you scribes and pharisees hypocrites for you tithe mint and dill and cumin and have neglected the weightier matters of the law justice and mercy and faithfulness These you ought to have done without neglecting the others, you blind guides, straining out a gnat and swallowing a camel. We can see here that we can't do the mechanics, meaning just the knowledge part of it. We can't just go and and read the Torah or just read the Bible and go, okay, therefore I know it. It has to be processed. I've mentioned this before, time and time again, and I'm going to probably be mentioning it many more times throughout my teachings because it's so relevant. Tithing is a definite. The tithing is something that we need to do. It builds discipline. It helps support those teachers that Yahweh has sent. And all teachers really are, I'll be honest with you. They're not some mystical, spiritual gurus. Teachers are basically people who have gone through the battlefield maybe many times and have gained wisdom and learned and have gone through the testing and the fires, which everybody has to go through in order to progress through this journey. That's what a teacher is. And he comes along and he says, let me share with you something that I've learned. Now. If my experience has taught me anything, it's taught me this, that for the most part, as human beings, we don't want to be told what to do. This is one of our greatest, greatest flaws. We are so dead set against control, people controlling us, telling us what to do, that we will refuse wisdom so that we can say, I'm going to do it my way and nobody's going to tell me what to do. But those that come along and say, I want to be taught, can you teach me, are going to leap further ahead. And if they have the right heart to listen and learn and study, they will go far. They will grow much faster than that person who decides that they don't want to be taught by somebody else or that they can do it all by themselves or Uh, I speak from experience, folks. I've been on both sides of this. I have had wonderful mentors and teachers over the years, uh, probably close to a dozen uh, in my 33 years. And I have also spent some of those years going, I don't need anybody, I have the Holy Spirit. Let me just put this to you. There's a lot of churches out there. There's a lot of denominations. There are a lot of teachers, rabbis, pastors, deacons, elders, you know, the fivefold ministry. If you go to one church, a Pentecostal church, do they not tell you that they are being led by the Holy Spirit? And if you went to the Protestant church, do they not tell you they are being led by the Holy Spirit? Or the Catholic Church, or the Orthodox Jews, or the take your pick, or the the Baptist, they'll all tell you the same thing, that they're being led by the Holy Spirit, yet you see no unity out there. They fight against each other, they challenge each other, they go, they won't talk to each other. Oh, no, it's, it's our understanding, or no, you're wrong, and I'm right. Well, my question is this. Either the Holy Spirit is really confused, or it's not the Holy Spirit that's teaching them. What do you think? When it comes to this teachings, there are certain rules that Yahweh lays down for us in the Torah. He expects obedience. He's our Father. Our Father says, you live in my house, you follow my rules. That sounds familiar. I've heard that from my own father when I was a young man. And I don't think there's a father out there who doesn't say that at one point in his parenthood to one of his children, if not all of them. So Yahweh has rules. We have to obey them. We have to keep them. We have to learn from them, and we have to make them part of who we are. And that's walking in obedience. If we choose not to do that, again there are two aspects to everything there's a physical aspect and a spiritual aspect the physical aspect is you studying this out and learning the torah he's given us the written word he's given us and says here's my word study it out physical take it into your heart and change who you are and become more like me spiritual We can't do one without the other and you can't say I only want the spiritual or I only want the physical because it's a package. It's not something you can separate, divide. I don't want this part. I want that part. I like this. I don't like that. That's just too hard. That's too difficult. It's all of it or it's nothing. We have to stop playing the games. I know a lot of people out there and I've talked to a lot of them. I've had the fortunate uh, blessing to visit several countries and I've even been more blessed because Yahweh has at times taken me to the other side of this planet to talk to some people and to be talked to by many people. Some of it was extremely painful. Some of it was incredibly uplifting and beneficial but we have to be obedient to the Torah. We have to be obedient to the laws that Yahweh has given to us. And we can't play the games. Our time is running out here, I believe, anyways. And, and our uh, it's going to get to the point where we will have no time left and it will just be too late. Well, that's it for today. Next week, I will continue on with this teaching on Levin. And hopefully, you will discover within yourself the leaven that needs to be removed or changed out before it becomes too late. And I will look forward to hopefully hearing and seeing back from some of you next week.